0: Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: These areas that are increased rate of uh, COVID-19, I would suggest to maybe rethink traveling to those quote-unquote hot areas at this time. Not a full don't-go, but at this time maybe caution and possibly delay that destination to... Um, any specific area that has noted increased incidence of COVID-19.
2: That's ER doctor Chris Colbert talking about traveling during the pandemic. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Cotto. This week, we continue our ongoing discussion of COVID-19 and the reopening of Illinois and Chicago. We'll talk about what phase four will look like, How are small businesses navigating the reopen? We'll talk with the owner of a local independent toy store. We also talk to a company that is sort of like Airbnb for swimming pools. Their business is flourishing during the pandemic. First, though, let's get the latest on the COVID crisis with Michelle Cortez health reporter at Bloomberg News in Minneapolis. Michelle, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been testifying on Capitol Hill. Give us the nuts and bolts of what the doctor is saying.
3: Yeah, he's saying that we're seeing a disturbing uptick in the number of cases that are being reported across the country, specifically in the south but ranging from the east to the west along the south, and that the U.S. is going to ramp up its testing in order to make sure that we're finding all of these cases or doing our best to find these cases and track them. But it's going to be a heavy lift because there are so many cases. It's a lot of work to do.
2: And is the concern if those cases continue climbing, the hospital systems won't be able to keep up?
3: There's always concern that the hospital systems are keeping up. But I think that What they're more worried about now is that we're not going to get any kind of a decrease in the number of cases that are happening. And then we're going to just continue to build from this very high level. So it's not an immediate thing. When we closed down initially, it was because we knew that hospitals could immediately get overwhelmed. Now it's just kind of like everyone's running hot all the time.
2: So the belief is in the fall, when they expect there might be a second wave, it might be even worse if we don't slow down. Exactly. So what is he saying in regards to a vaccine and the possibility of getting one?
3: He says that if if we get a vaccine, we're going to have enough of the shots in order to give to millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. The the public health officials who were up testifying on the Hill walked through a number of these vaccines that are in development. Over a hundred vaccines are in development, ten of them are in people, and we're already manufacturing them. So we don't yet have any indication of whether they're going to work or not in from the clinical trials that have been being done yet, but they are hopeful that at least one of them is going to come through and they are already starting production. So should it actually hit and be positive? we will have the vaccines and that is you know, usually you have two or three or four or five different things you worry about when it comes to new product development with drugs and vaccines. In this case, they're taking out every possible hurdle ahead of time.
2: Which seems unprecedented, as you're, you're discussing here. I mean, ordinarily, you get a vaccine that works and then you begin to produce it.
3: Exactly. Yes. And they're producing them now. The Moderna vaccine is the one that's in the lead in the U.S. at this point. They've started production of it, and we don't even have the results yet of the phase one trial. So we don't have the initial. Study results in. That being said, the officials are very hopeful. The way that it's working, it's biologically plausible. It seems like it should work. And now they just have to actually perform it. You know, the nuts and the bolts, the dot, the I's, the cross, the T's. Of course, the problem with science and medicine in general is we often find things that we didn't
2: expect. Lots of uncertainty on the medical front, also uncertainty on exactly what reopening is going to look like here in the city of Chicago. And throughout the state of Illinois, as we move into Phase 4, Greg Hines of Crane's Chicago Business joined us on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Greg, I'm guessing for a lot of businesses, they're pretty happy to hear this news. Yeah, they should be.
4: Uh, the mayor and the governor today made it clear that uh, unless something that nobody thinks is going to happen happens in the next uh, two or three days that come Friday uh, Gyms are reopened, uh, theaters are reopened, uh, um, restaurants for, uh, if you don't want to sit outside in the rain, you can actually sit inside. Uh, uh, that and a lot more. Uh, uh, tens of thousands of businesses all over the state uh, uh, will will given the green light and told they could reopen with safety precautions and with uh, uh, capacity limits in most cases, but nonetheless open.
2: And there's an understanding that if uh, for some reason coronavirus really starts to spread again, they they may have to make changes. But at least in the near term, uh, business owners are saying, hey, at least we're going to get some economic activity going here.
4: Yeah, I mean, this debate over whether we really needed to be this draconian and and whether to last it this long, it's going to go on for for a while longer, and I understand why. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of businesses really got hurt by this. But if you look at the numbers here and how much they've diminished and how much they're continuing to diminish, and then take a look at some of the states in the south and west, Texas, North Carolina, uh, uh, California, Florida, and look at their numbers. Uh, their hospital rates are going up. Uh, the, uh, in some cases, they're starting to run short of hospitals. or uh, uh, Their infection rates are going up. Uh, the total number of infections is going up. Uh, whereas here, we're at, frankly, the lowest we've been since way back early in March.
2: So the question, of course, is uh, will Illinois reopening mean that that's where we're headed? And I, I guess leaders at some point have to at some point you have to reopen. I mean, you can't keep everything shut down forever. And that's uh, the, the risk that they're taking here.
4: There, You know, there is a little bit of risk. Um, uh, this is not. Yeah, totally a full opening. Uh, For example, most uh, gatherings are still being limited to 50 people or 50% 50 of capacity of a room. The Hotels wanted to go a little further. They wanted 50% for ballrooms. They didn't get that. It's still 50 people. If you go to a movie theater, uh, you're going to have to wear a mask uh, and you can only fill up a quarter of the seats. So, it's it, it, there's some toe-dipping here. This is not total uh, drop-everything, uh, but there is a risk, but uh, it's a guarded risk,
2: and then it's a
4: nod to what you just said, uh, Cisco, that uh, it's really hard to keep everything closed forever.
2: Now, one really of the things to- is still up in the air is schools and what that may look like come the fall.
4: Yeah, all indications are that the the schools are going to reopen. But how and under what conditions? We're going to have evening classes and uh, morning classes, different shifts. Uh, We're going to have kids to stay home on certain days. Don't know. Uh, uh, They're trying to work that out as we talk.
2: Late Tuesday, Governor Pritzker announced he does want students back in school face-to-face with in-person instruction. And that's all the way from preschool through college The challenge is going to be, what exactly is it going to look like? The state is releasing its plan, but some educators are saying it's still a little murky as they try to figure out how to navigate that path. Another difficult path is that of the small business owner in the age of coronavirus, including toy shops, mom-and-pop toy shops. Scott Friedland is the head shopkeeper at Timeless Toys in Lincoln Square Scott, thank you so much for being with us. What is it like to navigate that? You're trying to stay in business, but you're also trying to keep people safe.
5: Yeah, it's, it's very challenging trying to navigate how we can keep our business open and still provide customers with things they need. Uh, we've, we've been challenged with creating some new product packages with offering new things like curbside pickup and delivery, uh, and as well as really focusing for us in the toy industry on that at-home educational toys, which allow kids to continue to learn even though
2: they're being homeschooled. Yeah, because if it's not fun, the kids aren't going to do it. They're just going to go to the video games.
5: Absolutely. You know, it's about uh, controlling screen time a little bit. And also, fun is a big part of it. You got to have fun. You got to keep spirits high. You got to keep mom and dad happy, too, by letting the kids play uh, without needing mom and dad by their side, let mom and dad get a little bit of work. But the important thing there is too, is keeping it educational. There's so many things that kids can play that really uh, promote their education and still allow them to bring up to the next grade level in school.
2: So, talk about the you know the difference in sort of the smaller mom and pop toy shop versus uh, one of the bigger stores. I mean, something I've noticed is you actually help people pick things out. I mean, is that something people would get at your shop?
5: Absolutely, we we really focus on the customer service aspect of it. All of our staff here at Timeless Toys are. Uh, they are previous child educators or have degrees in early childhood development um, or child psychology. So we're here to pick out what the right toy is for your kid and not what the most popular toy is, which is what you'll find in most of the larger market uh, toy stores.
1: So speaking. How may I help you? So you
2: mentioned, uh, well, there's someone calling and placing an order right now. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about, you, you mentioned curbside pickup. Uh, are people calling you and, and kind of telling you what they're looking for? Are you? you're putting more things online how do you do that as a small business
5: so we've done that a few ways yeah we do have an online store people can order online uh, to do curbside pickup local delivery or we do ship across the u.s as well and um we are also uh ordering by phone and we even did some virtual shopping you know we used uh anything from skype Google Duo, um, FaceTime, to allow customers to see what our full selection is if we don't have something up on the website.
2: Yeah, for a business like that, uh, if if you don't get some sort of sales, just some cash flow, I mean, you, you have that inventory sitting there. You can't just let it sit there.
5: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, for us, you know, business-wise, we got to get things moving. Um, you know, invoices are coming due on some of the toys that we bought, expecting a full a full summer of sales. Um so, you know, we're finding special ways to promote things like putting together uh, summer camp in a box while, where you order you order the box and it's a whole act, uh, box full of activities for at-home summer camp. Um, we did, you know, the mystery boxes that we've sold and, you know, we, during Easter we were able to put together uh, custom Easter baskets. So we're trying to, we're finding uh, fun and unique ways to be able to uh, sell our toys to our customers as well.
2: That is exactly what entrepreneurs do. When there are challenges, they look for solutions. And the ones who are able to find good solutions stay in business. Or in some cases, they can create a business and grow a business. That's what Bunham Laskin has done. He is the founder and CEO of Swimply. He joined us as an entrepreneur on the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
6: Thanks for having me, sir. Um, So, yeah, Swimply, quite uh, simply put, is uh, like an Airbnb for swimming pools, Pool owners that have a pool that spend a lot of money on it but don't see it getting too much use from them themselves are able to rent it out on Swimply by the hour with full control about when they're renting it out, how much they are charging, and their own rules. And swimmers, everyday families, couples, friends can just view through pools nearby, see all their amenities and what the host is offering, and then they complete the transaction through the platform. It's kind of simple.
2: No, the demand this summer, uh, I'll, bet it, I'll bet it's just through the roof, is just go out and try to buy a pool if you want one.
6: Yeah, no, it's been incredibly sudden. Um, I mean, obviously with the current climate, uh, we saw in the beginning people were a bit, you know, hesitant about um, going anywhere. And then but then the, the moment, um, you know, people got acclimated to this new reality, uh, we really saw demand really soaring as people were craving a contact-free experience in a private setting with the people that they're already quarantining with. So we saw demand skyrocket. And especially now with um, the weather and with people still trying to find ways to make the most out of summer, we're very happy we get to have this platform ready built for them.
2: So give us an idea of what this costs if you want to go borrow someone's pool for an hour or two.
6: Sure. So it does range. Uh, You have very like simple, classic pools, you know, you get the space. uh, It starts at like $15 an hour um, for five guests. And then you have, you know, pretty majestic, Areas that offer a lot of amenities from hot tubs, some even offer tennis courts and basketball courts uh, that can go all the way up to $60 an hour for five guests. So um, we definitely also, um, with the current climate, we definitely worked with pool owners to lower the price as we also limited the amount of guests allowed per reservation. Um, And some some listings only, only allow up to five guests, some listings allow up to 20, depending on the size. So the price does vary depending on how many guests are allowed to come and the amenities that are offering. But, yeah,
2: so you're not just bringing you know fifty, sixty eighty of your best friends over for a pool party at someone else's house
6: um exactly, definitely not in the current climate. I think that's one of the big things uh that we had to educate our pool owners and the uh community that we built um over with the current climate but uh, every pool is different. Some listings are large enough um that at, even with the current climate, they are available for that for those kind of events, but there are policies that need to be um followed in order for that to happen
2: Yeah, you brought this really idea, cool for anyone you brought the idea to shark tank and none of the sharks took the bait and now yeah. uh, i'll bet some of them are kind of wishing that they had
6: yeah no shark Tank was fun it was a great experience for us um and we were able to get it out there right it's actually kind of funny it aired uh friday the 13th of march that was right when uh the hysteria of the current climate was really kicking in with you know the canceling the nba and canceling everything and we weren't sure airing Swimply right then and there if that was a great time for for the world to find out about us, but it ended up being an amazing time for so to find out. So we're very we're very grateful to Shark Tank. It worked out very. It was, the timing couldn't have been better um, for uh, us being
4: introduced to the market.
2: That's people looking to just take a dip in the pool if they are near home. What if they're looking to get away from home? Maybe for an out-of-town pool or some other adventure, is it safe to travel in the age of COVID? Dr. Chris Colbert is joining us. He is an ER doctor and also director of the Emergency Medicine Residency Program at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Dr. Colbert, whether it is a train, a plane, an automobile, is there a safe way for people to travel now?
1: There's showing promise. I mean, As as we enter phase four here in a couple of days, it's just important to remember that maintaining mask and hygiene is still always great that again the positive aspect of this is that the venues are opening uh, there's it's the occupancy that is the big thing so um, you can ensure that as long as you're wearing your mask utilizing good hygiene um, less of those restrictions are maintained so a little bit more encouraging signs to travel as well as driving and as well as distance some questionable the, the length of the distance but again using the mask, practicing the hygiene is, is the hallmark of this theme.
2: You mentioned driving. Is it safer to drive as opposed to flying? I think a lot of people think about the busy airports and they're thinking it's better just to stay in their own car.
1: And that, at this point, that would be my most humble suggestion, just because of volume. Again, this is just a question of numbers. Uh, the higher the occupancy of whatever capacity, the increased possibility of transmission so there's less number of people in a vehicle than you would have in a, an airplane, per se. And um, even though there may be close proximity, you may know those individuals a little bit better than someone who just gets on a plane. So at this time, maybe the distance will be with close friends and individuals that you know who practice um, mask and hygiene than getting on a plane.
2: What about uh, certain parts of the country? We hear there's flare-ups in Florida, Arizona, several other states. Should people just avoid those areas altogether?
1: So and here's the thing, that's a great question. I, I think that if we looked at this two months ago when the conversation was, hey, you may pause going to New York, you may want to pause going to Chicago. Um, my humble suggestion, as well as at these areas that there are increased incidents, increased rate of uh, COVID 19, um, I would suggest to maybe rethink um, traveling to those in any capacity to those quote-unquote hot areas at this time. this is not a full don't go, but at this time, maybe caution and possibly delay that destination to um, any specific area that has noted increased incidence of COVID-19.
2: What about hotels, whether you're on the road somewhere on a road trip or, you know, some people out in the burbs may just want to come downtown because they can get a good rate at a hotel right now?
1: You know, and here, there are some really good rates downtown. That's that's very well said. <laughs> but again, those those rates are 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 better because they're trying to compensate for the incident of COVID nineteen. Again, um, you know, again, it's just practicing using the mask and the hygiene. These venues are opening. They're opening for a reason. It's because. There is noted 20 less than 20 percent or at 20 percent of COVID specifically in Illinois that's why we're advancing to phase two it's important for your listeners to remember that the reason we're here we're transitioning to these areas these aren't arbitrary numbers of when we're going from phase three to phase four and so on it's they're looking at the data and so in these areas that are opening up um those are promising signs so if those businesses are are open there's a reason why they're open so in the instance of going to hotels downtown Chicago or an immediate area, there's documented evidence of why these places are opening up. So again, in those areas that are more, uh, quote unquote, the the hot spots right now or the increase on the rise, I would err on the side of caution and maybe pause, but those areas that are opening up, I think they're going. And there's a reason why they're opening up. There's a reason that these different venues are increasing their capacity. It's because these numbers are looking better.
2: So maybe there are some safe places, that is Dr. Chris Colbert, ER doctor, director of the Emergency Medicine Residency Program at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Join us next week for another edition of the WBBM In-Depth Podcast, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. Be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And, of course, listen anytime for the stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cole.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows.